Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. But like, like I said at the beginning of the service, we're starting a new series tonight called Playlist. And the idea behind this series is a fun one. Uh, we polled the congregation, we polled y'all, and we asked you to submit uh, songs that you find God in, secular songs that you find God in. Uh, people still turned in like Amazing Grace, and, so not everybody understood, but, uh, but uh, we got so many submissions. Uh, over 200 people submitted over 300 songs for us to choose from. And so after combing through them, uh, we've selected four that we're going to be looking at, four of the most popular selections, and each week Grace and the band, or whoever, is going to sing them for us, and then we're going to connect the idea or the lyrics of that song to a scripture. Because I believe that in each one of these songs that's been selected, there is some deep scriptural wisdom. And my hope is that as we go through this series in the month of July, we'll start to see that uh, we can find God everywhere. That we can find God in nature, in television, in people, and of course, in all music. Again, our God is not limited to just worship music or just this building that we call the church. His light and his truth permeate everywhere. And so I hope we can take the time this month to really see that and appreciate that. But with all that being said, uh, our song, as we just heard, this first song of the series is Home by Philip Phillips. Uh, Just by raising your hand, how many of you were familiar with that song? Okay, pretty pretty much everybody. Uh, I love the lyrics. I just want to read them again. Uh, Settle down. It'll all be clear. Don't pay no mind to the demons they fill you with fear. This really could be a worship song. Uh, the trouble, it might drag you down. If you get lost, you can always be found. Just know you're not alone, because I'm going to make this place your home. Uh, We're going to get back to those lyrics in just a minute. Uh, But first, I want us to see a very similar sentiment in Scripture. We're going to be in Jeremiah tonight. Uh, And you remember, Jeremiah is one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And he writes to the Israelites during a really difficult season in their history. At the very beginning of Jeremiah, uh, the Israelites have everything. Things are going basically as well as they ever will. King Josiah is the king, and he's the best king. And as we go through Jeremiah, we're going to see them get to probably one of the darkest seasons in the history of the Israelites. We're going to see them get to the Babylonian exile. You remember, the kingdom of Judah has been expelled from their home. Solomon's temple, their their place of worship, their holy ground in Jerusalem has been destroyed. And the people have been pushed out and they're lost. And so in Jeremiah, he, he writes to the Israelites, he writes to God's people, and he offers them words of encouragement and he offers them God's guidance. And so what we're going to be reading from tonight is Jeremiah 29. And this is a letter that Jeremiah is writing to the exiled Israelites. So this is Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 9. Hear the word of our Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. 
But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. Okay, so Jeremiah is, is writing to those in exile. And, and he is addressing things that they've been told by these people that he refers to as prophets and diviners. Uh, basically, the, there were these false prophets. And they had gone to the Israelite people and they were saying, look, this exile thing you're in, it's not going to last long. Do not get too comfortable in your new home. This is, is going to be over in no time. Pretty soon you're going to be headed back to Jerusalem and things are going to be great. And the people were very excited to hear this. This was good news. This is exactly what they wanted to happen. The problem was, it was a lie. It wasn't true. And so Jeremiah gets the very fun job of having to write to these people and be the bearer of bad news, which is something none of us like to do. But he has to, to write to them and, and tell them, look, these people, these prophets, these diviners, they're lying to you. They don't speak for God. Where you are now, this is your new home. So go and build houses and plant gardens and start families and look out for one another. And that had to be tough to hear. That had to be really tough to hear. Because let's be honest, we, we've all found ourselves in that place. We've all been there before. In places and in situations that are uncomfortable and new. And we've all yearned to go back home. Because new, unfamiliar places can be scary. But so often it's in those places that we find growth. Take the musician whose song we're covering tonight. If you're not familiar with the song Home, it's by a guy named Philip Phillips, which is just a great name. I kind of wish my parents would have named me Robin Robbins. Anyways, uh, Philip won the 11th season of American Idol. And the song that they just sang, Home, was his coronation song. Everybody, if you win American Idol, gets a song. Uh, so I think Kelly Clarkson's was A Moment Like This, a great song. Uh, his was Home, and this song was huge. It actually went on to be the best-selling American Idol song of all time. I mean, it was this huge success. It launched him into stardom. But for all of that to happen, Philip had to go to a place that was new and uncomfortable. He, he had to leave, ironically, his home. So let's watch a clip from his audition on American Idol. These were the Steven Tyler years, so not the best. But before we close up shop, let's meet a guy with a name you won't soon forget. I'm Philip Phillips, I'm 20 years old. I'm from Leesburg, Georgia, and yes, that is my real name. I work at my father's pawn shop. exciting and sometimes it's scary but but you never know what will come through the door my dad is really proud of me for doing what I do in music and uh, he supports me 110 percent to see him succeed you can't even put words on it 
because it makes, especially a parent, feel so proud. I mean, you swell up as a man, you just swell up and you're so proud that, you know, it just makes you want to just bust. American Idol would change his life because this is what he loves. Yeah, I know this is my chance and my opportunity to show the world what I have, and I can't let it slip out of my hands. I think you're ready. Born naked and ready to just put clothes on me. So. <laughs> and in this moment, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Come on, Philip. Philip, Philip. Last one of the day. Representing. I got a funny feeling about this. Hey! How are you? Doing good about y'all. Philip Philip, Philip Phillips Sr., he loved his name, his double name, so much that he gave another child his name. But uh, uh, I love his dad. But I wanted to show you that video because I want you to imagine if Philip Phillips Jr. Uh, had the same sort of temptation as the Israelites. Imagine if he had been too afraid to leave his hometown in Georgia, to leave the pawn shop that his father owned where he worked, and to go and try the singing thing. Imagine if, if he had people like those prophets and those diviners in his ear and not his dad who was about to bust. Imagine. Imagine if he, didn't, if he had people who were telling him to just sit tight, stay home. And look, there is nothing wrong with his home where he came from. But by going out and being in this new unfamiliar environment called American Idol, he got to chase down his dreams. He got to record the most successful song in American Idol history. The point is, we're the same way. We're gonna find ourselves in places and in seasons of life that are hard and unfamiliar and strange to us, just like Philip Phillips, just like the Israelites. But God can do amazing things with those seasons. And really, that's just the nature of faith. God so often leads us to new strange places. And so the question for us tonight is, is what do we do when we're in that place? Maybe you're in that place now. What do we do? And I think the answer uh, is in the lyrics of Philip Phillips' song. Just know you're not alone. I'm going to make this place your home. It's simple, but I think there is profound wisdom in that statement. Biblical wisdom. It's almost exactly what we see Jeremiah tell the Israelites. And so I want us to really parse out this lyric. Uh, first, we have to know we're not alone. Know you're not alone. When we find ourselves in hard, unfamiliar places, we remember that we aren't alone in it. That's what Jeremiah is speaking to the Israelites. In fact, it's only two verses later that we have Jeremiah 29 11. It's one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. God speaks to the people in, Israel, uh, in, in, uh, in exile, and, and he says through Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God speaks to his people and he says, look, I know the place you find yourselves is uncomfortable. I know it's different. But I want you to know that I am with you. I have plans for you. Know you're not alone. It seems simple, but this is something we can't be reminded of enough. 
Because the danger we face when we find ourselves in those hard seasons or in those strange places is that we start to associate our distance from comfort with a distance from God. We start to associate our distance from home with a distance from our Father. But that could not be further from the truth. I think God is closest to us when we feel like we're in exile. He draws nearer to us when we feel far from home. I, uh, I heard a great story this week that I want to share with y'all. We've got a new podcast series uh, coming out called Next Question. So this is a little bit of a shameless plug. Uh, but we started this podcast, and basically the idea is that pastors and church staff here at White's Chapel pull random questions out of a bowl that y'all submit. We're very into y'all submitting things these days. And we answer them. We don't know what the questions are going to be. They've been pretty bizarre so far, but it's been a really fun series to do. It should be coming out very soon. I'm super excited about it, but uh, I recorded an episode with Pastor Kyle Robertson this week. Uh, A lot of y'all probably know Pastor Kyle. If you don't, he's our minister for care and support. He does wonderful ministry here at the church. Uh, But Kyle, during the podcast, told this great story. So a little bit of a spoiler, but there's other content. Uh, He he shared this story, and and he said that I could tell y'all. When Kyle was in college, he went through a really rough season of life. And he decided that because of where he was in his life, he wasn't going to take communion anymore. He wasn't going to take communion ever again uh, because he said he didn't feel worthy. So for a while, uh, whenever there was a communion Sunday, he would refrain from going forward and receiving the sacrament. He would kind of sit in the back. Well, during the same time, uh, he tore his ACL, and so he had to be put in this large leg, uh, leg brace. Well, one Sunday, uh, he was in the pew, and they started serving communion, and the person who was serving realized that Kyle wasn't, uh, wasn't coming forward to receive. And they noticed his big leg brace, and so they thought the only reason he wasn't coming forward was because he couldn't, like he couldn't walk the aisle. And so when they finished serving everybody else, they went to Kyle, and they leaned down, and said, Kyle, this is the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for you. And he said that was the first time in months that he took communion. And it was in that moment that he realized Jesus was meeting him where he was. Jesus was coming to him. Not just very literally with communion, but in everything in his life. He said that experience caused him to go and sit down with his pastor and have a conversation about where God was in his life. And, uh, and his pastor explained that, that God comes to us even when we don't feel worthy, even when we feel like we're in exile, when we feel far from home. And I just loved that story so much because we all have those moments when we feel like we're in exile. We all have moments when we feel far from home, but the good news of the gospel is that we can always find home because Jesus will meet us exactly where we are. We can know we're not alone. When we have a torn ACL and we feel like we're not worthy of taking communion, he'll walk up to us and still offer his body and his blood because that's the kind of God he is. And that's the kind of love that he has. And that is good news for all of us on this communion Saturday. 
As we prepare to receive the sacrament in just a few, uh, few minutes, we, we can know that as we receive these elements, God is speaking that same message that he spoke to Kyle, that he spoke to the Israelites 2,500 years ago. He's speaking that same message to us tonight. No, you're not alone. I am with you. If we stop and really appreciate that for what it is, how amazing is that? That's what the Israelites needed to be reminded of. That God didn't stay in Jerusalem, that God didn't leave them when they left Jerusalem. He was with them every step of the way toward Babylon. They were never alone. And even in this new place, they could still be at home. We need to hear the words of Jeremiah and the words of Philip Phillips and know we aren't alone. And then we need to make this place our home. This is the second thing that Jeremiah wanted the people to understand about their situation. They had to make this place their home. Emphasis on the word make. Meaning they had to do the making. He says, look, I know you're probably disappointed that you're not gonna be returning to your homeland uh, like you've been told, but that doesn't mean that you should just freeze and do nothing. So what is, what is God's advice through Jeremiah to the people? He says, live your lives. Go build houses. Go plant gardens and enjoy the fruit of your labor. Go have children and let those children get married and start their own families. Look out for one another. I love what we read in our scripture. But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare of your new city and make it better. I think this is a great reminder for all of us. We have to be willing to make the places we are home to improve them, to make them better. When I was a freshman in college, I went to Millsaps College. Uh, how many of you have heard of Millsaps? You've all heard of home. Less of you than home, okay. Uh, that's where I went. It's a small liberal arts college in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I went there for a year before I transferred to the University of Arkansas. Um, and there was so much that I loved about Jackson, Mississippi. The culture, the people, and more than anything, the food the food, but there was one thing that I hated about Jackson. There's one thing that everybody hated about Jackson, the roads. Jackson had some of the worst uh, infrastructure in the nation. The entire city, especially downtown, was riddled with potholes. These are actual pictures from Jackson. Uh, and it was especially bad around campus, blowing a tire because you hit a pothole was like a common occurrence among my friends. At Millsaps, it was like a rite of passage. It was the worst rite of passage ever. Uh, it happened to me like my third week at school. Uh, but one day I was uh, driving off campus and, and I saw this. This is an actual picture. One of the potholes by campus that I had dealt with for months had been repaired. And spray painted over the pothole were the words citizen fixed. I saw this one and within the next two weeks, I saw dozens more. Uh, they started popping up all over Jackson, especially in like the Fondren area of Jackson, if you're familiar with the area, right around campus, right around the Capitol. Uh, 
Um, well, it turns out that there was a local artist named Ron Chain. And Ron had gotten so fed up waiting for the city to repair these potholes that he went and he stole a bunch of cement from a city warehouse. And he had been repairing them in his free time. After work, he would load it up in his car and he would go fix potholes. And over the course of several months, Ron Chain repaired 101 potholes in downtown Jackson. Ron Chain loved his community and he wanted to make it better. He wanted to improve his home. And the community, especially Millsap students, loved him for it. In fact, when it was discovered who the pothole Robin Hood was, the city threatened uh, legal action against him because, I mean, he had robbed a city warehouse. Uh, but the people in town were so supportive of him and they put up such a resistance that the city ended up dropping the charges. Uh, now, of course, I'm not recommending that you go rob Southlake or Grapevine or Keller. Please don't do that. But here's what I am recommending. I'm recommending that we learn to love our homes as much as Ron Chain loved his. That we would have the same heart that sees something broken in our community and decides to do something. That we would be a people who better our communities, who make this place where you find yourselves home. But the secret is we've got to do the making to build homes, to plant gardens and roots, to seek the welfare of our neighborhoods. And it doesn't have to be fixing potholes. It can be uh, a myriad of things. God has given you a very specific set of gifts and abilities, and people do this in, in lots of different ways. Some people put up those mini libraries. You've probably seen those. Uh, they put up little uh, places for books on their street, and some people mow their neighbor's yards. And some people throw block parties, and some serve in community organizations or on a neighborhood watch. One of my neighbors, who is appropriately named also Ron, uh, lives right across the street, and he makes these amazing pieces of wooden art. And he leaves them on Hannah and I's doorstep on different holidays, usually the weekend before the holiday. And so over the last year, Ron has made us uh, a snowman, uh, a pumpkin, and then just last weekend, he left us this beautiful cross um, now, we barely know Ron. We really don't know him at all. We don't know him. I know uh, his name's Ron. I know his wife's name is Kathy. I know that they're very sweet people. They have a dog. They're Lutheran. That's pretty much all I know. Uh, we don't know them all that well, but still, he takes the time throughout the year to bless us, to make his neighborhood just a little better by sharing himself, by sharing something that he's good at. And every time we find one of these wooden uh, things on our doorstep, I feel convicted to do something too. Um, I wanna be like that. I wanna heed Jeremiah's words and seek the welfare of my community. I want my neighborhood to be better because I was in it. Because bettering our communities, making a place home, doesn't have to be something that just guys named Ron do. We can all do it. We can all do it in unique ways specific to us. So I would encourage you to ask yourself tonight, what am I doing or what can I do to seek the welfare of my community, to make it just a little bit better? And wherever you are tonight, whether you feel at home 
or whether you feel like you're in exile, remember the words of our song and know you're not alone and go make this place your home. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, there are those of us tonight who feel pretty far from home. We feel like we're in exile, like, like we're distanced. God, remind us that in that place, we are never alone. You walk with us. You guide us. You love us. And wherever we are can be home as long as we're with you. Wherever we find ourselves, whether it's Jerusalem or Babylon, it can be home. Because you will meet us where we are. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.